Hey friend, I'm Laura Lee and welcome to Living in the Light. Each week, I will sit down with a friend who is an artist or creative as they share their story of how Jesus brought them from the dark and into His glorious and powerful light. At the end of each episode, I'll be diving into a passage of scripture and bringing you truth straight from the Word of God. This is a space for you to be encouraged and to remember that your story matters and that with God, even the broken parts of your story can have incredible purpose and meaning. I'm here to bring real life to light. Well, friends, today is a special day because we have Morgan Harper Nichols on the show. You're probably familiar with the art and the work of Morgan. She's a very popular and shared Instagram poet and artist who has created her life's work around the stories of others. Morgan's popular Instagram feed, at Morgan Harper Nichols, has garnered a loyal online community, and she is the author of All Along You Are Blooming, a book of poems and art she created in response to the personal stories submitted by her friends and followers. Known for its lyrical tone and vibrant imagery, Morgan's work is an organic expression of the grace and hope we've been given in this world. Morgan has also performed as a vocalist on several Grammy-nominated projects and written for various artists, including a Billboard number 1 single performed by her sister, Jamie Grace. Morgan is often on the road creating, teaching, and performing in hopes of spreading her unique inspirational message and inviting others into her creative process. Morgan currently resides in Phoenix, Arizona with her family. Here is Morgan Harper Nichols. Yes, it's an honor to be here. Thank you for having me. So I just want to dive in um, into light. The The podcast is called Living in the Light, and I talk about the light of Jesus and what that means for us as creatives and artists and followers of Christ. And I just want to ask, what does the light of Jesus mean to you? Mm. You know, when I... When I think of that, for me, it's, I immediately kind of get really literal (laughs) and I think about actual light and how I've just always been drawn to where light pours in and just seeing light, whether I'm making art or with photography or just driving or whatever it is. Like I'm always noticing, I, I live in Arizona and I get to see the most beautiful sunrises and sunsets almost every single day. And <laughs> I have like two mountains outside of my window and it never ceases to amaze me. I just stop what I'm doing almost every morning. If I'm awake before the sunrise, and I watch and I watch it. And, and for, for me, um, I grew up, as a preacher's kid and as um so there were lots of bible conversations growing up and one thing for me was just like the more i learned about about who jesus was the more i i felt like i was learning about someone who was very much so about the embodied experience of faith. And I think a lot of times it's easy to get kind of in my head. And a lot of people feel that way of just, you know, even approaching faith from a very like mental 
approach of like, okay, here's a step-by-step to make sure everything's going to be good. And and it's like, no, it doesn't really work that way. Like Jesus was very uh, hands-on and, and very much so in, in tune with real life. And for me, uh, just to, you know, go back to answer your question, it's, it's very much so a matter of like, okay, when I'm looking at the sunrise or when I'm seeing like, light showing up in a photograph or something i'm like that that's not giving me answers but it is giving me peace and to me i feel like that's a lot of what the message of christ is it's like you're not always going to get the answers that you're looking for you're not always going to get the the play-by-play the step-by-step that you want um but you can still know peace you can still walk in love so i feel like that's kind of the that's kind of where I've been living a lot lately, <laughs> really ho- holding on to that. Yeah. What a gift to be able to look out your window and see those kind of sunrises and sunsets. That's, that's awesome. I'm so jealous. <laughs> well, February in Arizona, it's, it's here. We need to come see too. <laughs> Morgan, how have you experienced Jesus taking you from the dark and into his glorious and powerful light? The first thing that kind of comes to mind is just, and it's a story that I've shared before um, quite a few times, but it is the story of when I was uh, in my mid-20s and I was just in the middle of some major career transition and AKA just really broke trying to figure it out. And it was just very overwhelming. And I was kind of at a point where I had been trying a lot of things creatively and I lived in Nashville and I had a record deal and all this stuff and none of it was really working out in the sense of like, like I, I, it wasn't even that I was expecting to like be famous or be a multimillionaire. I was just like, I would like to not be paycheck by paycheck. I would like to just have like a little bit of like a security and to know that all this hard work that I'm putting in, it's not in vain. And I just wasn't getting that. And it was just very challenging because I ended up in a situation where I had spent like the first part of my adult life investing in something that you can't even really put on a resume. And I was just like, well, how do I, make sense of this, you know, like, what is the the lesson or the story? And it's like, what am I supposed to do? And, and my husband and I, and he was also working a lot of freelance jobs, and we were just kind of going back and forth. And it was just very, very stressful. And then in the end of November 2016, I, I just broke down and cried. And I just kind of felt the weight of all of that failure. And all of that just compounds of (laughs) years of just trying to make things work and then not working out. And as I cried for the first time in a very long time, I just started crying. I ended up writing this poem and that poem is actually what ended up starting everything that I do right now. And it was just a poem that was about um, feeling like a failure and feeling like that year was not what I wanted it to be. And it's so interesting. I've been thinking about that poem in the context of this year. It's still, it's still relevant. Um, And the poem just ends with, um, 
you know, um, you are wrapped in endless, boundless grace, and there is more to you than yesterday. And I really just feel like that poem was, you know, when I look back on it now, um, I know that that poem was God speaking through me. Mm. And it's really interesting because what happened from there was the poem and being shared quite a bit. And people were asking like all these questions about this poem, like, wow, like, where did you write this from? Like, where is it from? And it was really hard to answer them because I had never really been vulnerable like that in that capacity online. And then it just got really interesting too, because I, I had a few people ask me, they're like, why didn't you say God's grace in the poem? And I remember being so perplexed by that at first, because I was like, I didn't even realize that. And then secondly, it was, I was like, because God was speaking to me. I was like, if God's speaking to you, like you might not hear God say God. (laughs) And (laughs) so for me, it was very much so like, oh, wow. Like I, I can see where someone could think that. But at the same time, I felt so much peace about the way that poem came out. And I knew that that was God speaking through me. And till this day, that's still my approach to how I write. You know, I, I try to, to, to tap into like, okay, remember that night when you felt like it was the end, you know, right from that place, like, right, whatever joy or hope looked like in that space, like right from there. So, um, so yeah, I, I kind of, you know, especially as a creative, like I, I kind of end up going back into that place a lot just because I, I know that that's a place where, where I am not alone. And I know that it's a place where I don't have to be afraid of those deep emotions, those, those feelings of failure or disappointment or anxiousness or restlessness or whatever it is. I don't have to be afraid of that. So, you know, I choose to kind of, to stay in that place and, and work through the shadows in that regard. And, and for me, I just, you know, I truly believe that that was what was so, you know, that is what is revolutionary about like who, like the story of Jesus, especially it's just a story of staying with that difficult thing and not being afraid of it, you know, and, it's really easy to just kind of be like, okay, we're just going to stay positive. We're not going to talk about the hard stuff, but you know, it's, you know, as I take a breath, deep breath, even as I say that, it's like, it's important that we, we create space for that. And I, you know, I'm actually, <laughs> actually writing about this right now in, in the book that I'm working on just about how, you know, we as a culture, like it's very hard for us to like get down to the heart of things and get down to the deep emotions because that's a, really scary, unpredictable place. And I truly believe that um, art is a, is a way that we can really truly start to, that, that I truly believe God uses for us to, to say like, hey, like there's room for that, for those deep feelings, even when they're um, difficult. And one of my favorite quotes is, um, it's a, uh, by her name's Wendy Beckett, and she said, art accepts all the sadness and transforms it implicitly, affirming that beauty is essentially the presence of God. Mm. And I remind myself 
myself with that all the time of like it's like you know yes sadness is is ugly it's messy we don't want to be in that place but 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 there is a place there's a holding place for that and and that holding place is grace and sometimes it looks like art Mm, wow yeah we so often don't want to be vulnerable and go deep but I think this time especially um, for all people and artists and creatives but also just the church at large and everybody who is at home and forced to go back to the simpler things it's making us dig up a bunch of stuff that was there all along, but we didn't ever take time to slow down and think about it and talk to God about it and let him speak into it. And now he's like, let's go to that place. (laughs) Yes. Morgan, you've built a life around art and storytelling, um, And as someone who's kind of in the beginning of my journey as an artist in a career, uh, I know there are probably a lot of the listeners who are also in the beginning of creating and creating a life around the scary thing that is being an artist. Uh, What is one word of wisdom that you would give to someone who knows two things that they want to give God glory through their life and their work? And then they also want to create that that's just inside of them. Um, What would you speak into their life? Yeah. um, You know, the first thing that kind of comes to mind is just embrace failure. (laughs) Embrace the messiness. Embrace the typos. Embrace the, oh, I started this project and this is not actually what I want to do. Um, I've, I have found that, you know, I've, you know, man, I guess I am kind of, a, you know, a few years into this thing now and it's just like, yeah, the thing that, that the moments where I feel like I'm able to really shine the most are just like these, these moments where I'm just suddenly like, Hey, you know what? We're going to try this thing. It could be great. It could be terrible or it could be just Okay. But regardless, it's a part of the journey. It's a part of the path. So what I always encourage creatives to do is like, you don't get to do this in in probably any other capacity of your life. But when it comes to your art and the actual mediums that you choose, like let that be the place where you break the rules. Like let that be the place where you just pull out that camera, no matter how cheesy you feel like it is to like go photo you know take some photos of some leaves if you want to go take some photos of some leaves today go do it if you want to try to write a poem today go do it if you want to try to write a song even if you've never written a song even if you don't know how to sing just do it and then that next step is like challenge yourself to share more than you actually share um so for for some people it's 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 harder than others, but I think one thing that all creatives have in common is it's hard to share our work. It's hard to share our work before it feels like it's complete, before it feels like it's finished. But, um, you know, as I was just sharing with you uh, before we started, you know, the interview, it's like, I think I'm on book number four right now. And every time I turn in my manuscript, I'm, it never feels like it's finished. I always heard it like I could have said half of that book in a different way. I'm like, I 
kind of in that totally differently. If I had another week, I would backspace the whole thing and I would just start over. So, you know, embrace the fact that that feeling is, is probably going to stay. <laughs> like it's probably not going to go away. It's going to come back and visit you. Um, but the thing is, is when you push through that, that's what people actually connect with because the people who are in your audience, that's what they're, that's what they're looking for. They're looking for examples of courage, not perfection. They're looking for examples of people. It's like, oh, wow, she has all that stuff going on. And then she still shared this with us. Or she posted that thing and had a typo in it, but she just kept going. Like, that's what people are looking for because that's what, that's what, that's what people are able to connect with in a, in a vulnerable way. And say, like, oh, that person, like, they're the real deal. Like they, they're really in this for the right reasons because they're not trying to make it perfect. Um, and for me, like I knew that with all of the art and poetry that I'm, that I'm doing, I knew that I was sort of headed in the right direction when for the first time in my life, when I actually started sharing all of this, I actually started to lose Instagram followers and I didn't care. Like there were some people who, I kind of like looked up to and I really wanted their respect and they unfollowed me and probably just because they just didn't want to look at my random art project that I was starting, <laughs> which whatever, but I didn't, I didn't care. I was just like, Oh yeah, it's fine. Because I know that what I'm doing is it, it's not for them. It's for someone else. And, and I have faith and I have confidence that the person that is, that is meant to see this is going to see this. So Yeah. Something I, I think about quite a lot is is trying to overcome that that fear of failure and overcome that need to feel like it has to be perfect. Wow, that's you challenged me, convicted oh. me because I think a lot of times I feel that nudge, like I want to put that on mm -hmm. tape or I really want to take a picture of that or write that. Like I get words and a melody and then I let it pass yeah. by and I just keep it to myself. And it's such a sweet experience in that moment with the Lord when he gives it to me, but then I'm selfishly not mm -hmm. sharing it with people. Um, so I think that's a, a beautiful challenge and in that it's not about perfection. Yeah. It's about courage and people crave mm -hmm. that yes. courage and, and that bravery. And um, yeah, we're, artists are kind of paving the way in that sense yeah. always have yeah that's absolutely true absolutely true i hope you are encouraged by this conversation with morgan harper nichols i want to take a moment to share something with you that i've been loving at the beginning of quarantine i started an online bible study community and i want to invite you to be a part of it if you're listening and you're a woman seeking Jesus in college, or maybe you're just on the other side of college and you're interested in leading and discipling other women younger than you, I want to open up the community to you. It's a place for us to gather, study God's word, and to grow alongside other sisters in Christ as we rise up into the fullness of what God has for us. God made us to need each other, and we need the truth of God's word. This community is such a blessing and there are so many beautiful friendships and discipleship relationships that are blossoming out of it. We just finished a Bible study series on Jenny Allen's Get Out of Your Head and we'll be starting a new study in the coming weeks. So this is a perfect time for you to join us. If this is something you're interested in or if you feel God calling you to lead and disciple others, 
You can sign up through the link in the show description to get more information. Now back to my conversation with Morgan. So Morgan, you said your new book is um, centered a lot around wisdom. I would love to talk about that a little bit in your search for wisdom through studying the word and through your research and digging into theologians. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I love all that you're talking about. Um, what have you learned about the way of wisdom through the person of Jesus? Yes. Yeah, so, um, so in my book, I was actually kind of doing a little bit of reading and writing about wisdom, and I kind of landed on the the Hebrew Hebrew word for wisdom, um, which that's Old Testament, but um, and that was shakma, and essentially it's it's a way of talking about wisdom that about like a like a divine wisdom, like wisdom that's not of your mind, but like a part of like a greater picture. And I'm kind of blanking on like the <laughs> on the Greek definition of <laughs> of the word that that appears in the New Testament, but I do remember reading about it in the sense of like, oh, wait a second, like there is a common thread here, though, like throughout um, you know New Testament, Old Testament, this concept of of like a greater wisdom, and I've just been really kind of probing at that because I think that. I think that for me, I, I kind of think about wisdom in the sense of like, okay, here's like the advice that you're giving, you know, because especially if you, if you look at like the book of Proverbs, for instance, like if you just glance at it at first, it can just look like a bunch of advice. Like <laughs> here's a bunch of advice for living, which, okay. Yeah. It, 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 you could say that that applies as well. However, what I'm finding is like, Sometimes though, with advice, we can tend to forget that we have to like put on the work and we just look at it as like a rule book and it's just like, okay, well, here's a list of things you need to do. And it just becomes like a nice little list of like, of like, you know, Bible verses or poems or quotes or whatever that just sounds nice of like, here's how I should live. You know, wisdom I'm finding in, in, you know, just looking, you know, with like within the Christian tradition and just looking at the way that Jesus was and was always asking people questions. <laughs> people ask him a question and then he responds with a question. And like, okay, that has a lot to do with wisdom as a way of life. And and I think a lot of what that message was is is Jesus saying, like, I'm not just gonna sit here and just give you a bullet point list. Like this is a this is a way of life that you're signing up for. And it's going to take daily listening, daily paying attention, daily slowing down, daily being inconvenienced, <laughs> daily being challenged. It's going to take a process. So one thing that I've just been sitting with is how, you know, how countercultural that is to the world that we live in now, because it's, you know, we have access to the internet where we can get all of this information. And I mean, literally, if you Google something there, you get a million results in 0.2 seconds. <laughs> like I, it always cracks me up how they have that little, they have that little measurement on there that shows you like how long it took to gather all these results. Like it's ridiculous. Like it doesn't even take a full second. <laughs> and it's just fascinating. It's like, you know, in, in you and I, in our lifetime, like we haven't even had that access. Like we grew up 
like having an encyclopedia and you have to go open it and flip through it and find what you need. And now you can just say like, you know, we could just tell our phones to look something up for us. And, um, and even just that, that short distance, it, it kind of gives us this impression that we know more than we know. <laughs> and it kind of gives um, this illusion of wisdom of just like, oh, I have all this information, you know, I have all the facts, I have all this, so therefore I know this, therefore I'm an expert in this, or therefore I, you know, have all of the advice or opinions to give on this. And so, yeah, we, we've just lost a lot of the, how long it takes to actually learn things, you know, and that some of the greatest lessons that we're going to learn in life, like if, you know, we're still here on this earth, it's going to take decades to learn. Like, we're not just going to, we're not going to get it. And, and, you know, I know for me, sometimes I, I get this way with 2020. I'm just like, okay, what is the, the big lesson that 2020, you know, is trying to teach us. And it's like, you know what, we're going to be unraveling this stuff for a long time. Like, it's hard to say that. I mean, it's, I want it to be over just like everyone else, but we're going to be, I mean, we, we just experienced like a big collective traumatic event that has never happened in our time. Don't just like get rid of that with new year's day. You know, <laughs> we're not going to be like, okay, 2020 is behind us. We'll never ever have to think about it again. It's like, um, I think I heard I heard Brene Brown reference like an article that she read about this concept of ambiguous ambiguous loss and how we're all dealing with ambiguous loss of like you don't even really know what you lost yet you know it's just like it takes time to work through it and and I feel like that can be a very like grim <laughs> a grim way to think about it but at the same time it's like we have to remind ourselves that we're all working through it together and that's how we were intended to approach wisdom in the first place is in this day by day in this, in this journeying through. So yeah, that's just, that's just how I've, how I've had to talk to myself lately. <laughs> just to remind myself of like, when my mind is rushing to, to have more answers than I actually have. And to just remind myself of the, the, the slow ways of wisdom. <laughs> The slow ways. Yeah. And Jesus, Jesus moved so slow and, and he spoke in a way that was so, it's so interesting. And maybe you've done research on this, but that he, it was so simple, but yet so deep. Like recently I've been reading the parables and it's, you could sit there in one parable for hours and just think, okay, well, wow, that's really deep. Well, oh, that's so specific and that connects to this. But then he's like, I, this is not for the wise and learned. I'm speaking to little children. Like this is a message that you guys can relate to because you are farmers and you are harvesting and it's it's so intimate and specific, but yet so complex. It's just yeah, mind blowing. Yeah. And, and to me, that is like, like a form of art. Like I heard, I heard, um, I can't remember. I feel really bad. I cannot remember who I heard say it. <laughs> But I heard an artist talk about this recently and they were just talking about how art is art. They believe that art is like the act of like making really complicated things simple. And I've just been really sitting with that for a while of like, like, and yeah, as you said, like that's what, what, what Jesus did and, and, and still is that work is still happening within our hearts. And, and I think it is like, you know, he, 
may have taken something that the philosophers were talking about, um, but bringing it down into terms that, like you said, like people in the village and people in, you know, farmers and people who are working in everyday life could connect with. And I think that that is, that's very powerful because I think a lot of times we feel like we have to be so deep and so profound and say something that's never, ever been said before. Um, and in reality, it's like, no, there's, so I guess it's, this is really complex, but at the same time, like you really can say it, like you would say it to a child and that can have really profound impact. Morgan, as artists and followers of Jesus, it's a theme. <laughs> we keep coming back to it. Um, why do you think it is important to bring him into everything we create and all the work that we do? When you said that, the first thing that kind of came to mind is just like, because love is not a head thing. <laughs> love is not a, a, like a thing we organize in our mind. Love comes from the heart and it comes from living. And if we want what we do to be about, about love and to be about connecting in this deeper way and connecting with something that's greater than us, then we have to get to a place where we're like, okay, well, you know, what does it look like to live out love, even if it's not popular, even if it's not, um, you know, the most trendy or buzz buzzworthy thing, or it doesn't make everybody happy. Like, what does that look like? And I think Jesus is an example of that, of, of, of living that out. And, you know, you can even just take that deeper and say, okay, well, within within this Jesus story, there's there's a lot of there's a lot of storytelling, you know. There's a lot of um, you know, a lot of young people, like he was very young and and that can be intimidating to a lot of people because you're like, no, you should be older, you should be further along before you're opening your mouth. Um yeah, there's there's a lot of that and and we can find connection in that and say, oh, okay, you know, this has been done before. And and I'm following, I'm following a path, a tradition that I am, I'm not the first person that's walked this path. And even when I get frustrated and when I get nervous and I get scared, when I start overthink it, overthinking it, I can go back to that place where I'm like, oh, you know what, as you mentioned the parables, it's like, maybe, you know, maybe what I'm, what I need to be focusing on is, is how I can tell a story and how I can invite people into that story. And, and not how I can say the next trendy or new thing. You know, it's it's not about that. It's about going back and <laughs> and saying, okay, what do I already know to be true? And how can that continue to challenge me? And how can I continue to go deeper? And I'm not saying you can't try new things, but I just think that sometimes like if we're only focused on like trying to do something that we think is going to be successful, it's probably not gonna be successful. It's always those things that end up coming from like some random inspiration, some childhood inspiration, something from way back. Um, and then we just, you know, kind of revisit that in the present moment. So, mm, yeah, it made me think when you said um, about like it all coming from a place of love that it's so easy for us to compartmentalize things and to be like, that's my art, that's my faith, this is my family. And 
keep everything separate. But when you say, you know, everything comes from a place of love, everything is from our heart, then everything is really just an overflow of our heart. And that means our art is coming from the same place that our love of scripture is coming, that our love of our family is coming, our love for food is coming. It's all just an overflow of our love for God. Yeah, it's, yeah, I, I totally agree. And, and that's something that I feel like is something that, you know, we have to continue to think about, especially in social media spaces and online, because I think a lot of times, like, and, and I, I've been guilty of it too. I, I'm not at all like pointing fingers at anybody and saying this, but I think a lot of times people think, you know, if they, if they identify as a Christian or a person of faith, then they put on their like serious believer cap and say like, okay, let's get down to the, you know, like let's, it's, it's like, it's like people forget about the fact that like, the Bible is woven with poetry. Like there's poetry all inside of it. There's humor. It's like, it's like, yes, there's a really serious stuff in there. And at the same time, it's like, we don't have to, to, to make it this stuffy thing that's over in the corner. That There's blood yeah. and gore in the Bible. There's sexy yeah, things absolutely. in the Bible. Like it's yeah, just it's, so deep. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and life is deep. Life is rich. So I think that, you know, we can, we can continue to challenge ourselves to, 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 like you said, like, not feel like we have to compartmentalize. And, and I feel like that's what I try to do with my artwork. It's like, you know, when I'm sharing this poetry, when I'm sharing this art is coming from a place of like deep prayer <laughs> and it's coming from like really just like going over and over in my head of like what I know God's spoken to me in my life over and over again and and yeah it comes out in the form of poetry you know it might not sound like a devotional um it might not it might not sound like a bible study but it's but I know that it's coming from a place where what God is doing in me and and I just get so encouraged I mean every now and then I'll receive a message from like someone who is like you know I, I see what you're doing like they're like I can feel like the presence of God in what you're doing and I'm like that that means the world to me I'm and that because that's what I'm after like that is absolutely what I'm after and um and because I'm like that that presence of God is changed my life and I want I want to share that with others and I'm doing that through art and poetry and so when someone else says I see that I can see what you're doing like that just that just means so much to me and of course there are people who don't see it <laughs> I get messages from people who are like you're not this enough and you don't talk about that enough and I'm like look I'm one human being I am doing the best I can I am still learning and this is just how God is speaking right now and it's this is how it's coming out and I don't think God's mm. mad at me <laughs> so mm. like, if God gets mad at me I was like I'm pretty sure Mercy. I'll find out um <laughs> me personally I will <laughs> thank you yeah. wow <laughs> I think that's so encouraging to hear from someone that you know like from the outside looking in I just see such beautiful success in so many ways from the art that you make. And I see people, random people all the time sharing your work. And I just love, I love seeing that because um, it's, it's powerful. And I can tell, I just want to affirm that too. I feel like 
it's I can't imagine someone reaching out to you and saying those things. It makes me upset, you know. It's all um, but I think there's a there's a word of encouragement in that that no matter who you are, what art you're making, there's always going to be someone that has something yeah. to say about what you're doing and what you're creating yeah. and. That's just when you just have to almost expect yeah, that, that there's not always going to be people yeah, that like and it. It's, yeah, and, and okay. it's not personal. It's like they're, they're, they need, you yeah. know, maybe they just need something different right now. And, you know, yeah. I've said that because I, I also get comments like someone will say, like, I feel like all your stuff sounds the same. And I'm like, well, maybe you should go read another poet. I'm not the only one. <laughs> I'm like, please go support someone else. Like, there's a lot of people out there <laughs> that you support. Like, I have I have one experience. Like, I just this life that I've lived, like, I can't, I can't, I can only tap into so much. <laughs> so, um, yeah. praise god that as artists who are grounded and rooted in him then it's like we cannot take it personally because we're like my identity is not in your opinion of this piece of art that i've made it's in my lord and savior and he gave me these words to share today so i'm gonna share them Um, you said you were supposed to be traveling and doing events this year, and obviously things have taken a turn for the event space and for the live. I mean, theater, that's the space I'm in. That's not happening. Concerts aren't happening. So this is really affecting lots of artists. Um, how have you made a pivot or shift in kind of your like goals or dreams for this year and what's that looked like I think it's just encouraging to hear someone who has you know had a trajectory and it moved but it's like okay let's keep creating yes yes so I um you know I had some like book tour stuff planned and I had some um like creative workshop stuff planned and I've created a few online versions of that like I'm doing a um a creative workshop um um over zoom (laughs) I've had the opportunity to speak at some events virtually and that's always been really interesting Mm -hmm. because it's just, um, you know, it's really fascinating to me too, how, how connection still happens like over the internet. And in some ways, like it ends up happening in a, in a different way over the internet. It's like, it's not a lesser way. It's just a different form of connection. And so, yeah, that's, that's something I've been doing lots of, you know, speaking and workshops here and there online. And then, you know, in terms of like the events that we are planning on doing, like hopefully our, our hope is that, you know, whenever we're, able, we're doing events again, like we'll be able to go back and do that. We still have plans to do it. And um, I am so ready to get back out there again. And right now I feel like in some ways, like my, my plans have gotten bigger in the sense of like, at first I was just thinking, okay, I'm going to do some traveling in 2020 and then that'll just be it for a while. But now I'm like, no, there's a lot more places I want to go. I think because you know now I'm like, I can't go there. So now I really want to go. And now I've also have been just kind of thinking about what it would look like to open up some type of, um, creative space that um because we had a creative space that we had just we were just about to have our grand opening right before all this started and then we had to let that go and we don't have that anymore 
But now I'm like, you know what? Maybe that wasn't the right place. Like maybe it was supposed to be something different. And I literally have been having, like when I tell you visions, I'm talking about like actual visions of like a place out in the desert that is like a artist in residence, creative studio for writers and artists. And like, I wasn't even dreaming that before. I was like, before I was, we were just in, we are in a building in a, in a office space plaza and you never would have known, you know, what it was. But now I'm like <laughs> dreaming of something actually being built. And I'm like, you know what? It all works out how it's supposed to, you know, it's, I, I am, I truly believe that I'm going to see it come together in the way it was meant to. And, and, and yes, it's hard to have, have lost these opportunities to connect with people in person, but I do think that the way that it's going to play out, it's going to, is really going to surprise us in a lot of ways. So I'm looking forward to that. So yeah, just lots of planning right now, lots of planning, lots of dreaming and a lot of writing. I feel like, you know, as much as I wanted to travel, I feel like I have been able to be a lot more intentional about, um, because it's, it's challenging to stay inspired sitting in the same spot every day. So one thing that's happened is like I my bookshelf has gotten bigger. I'm reading a lot more books now. Um, like even just some of the stuff that we talked about today. Like I don't. I'm like, oh, this is all stuff that I've read this year that I may not have even read this year had I been traveling. So um, that's one thing I'm. I'm actually, you know, when I'm trying to think of myself as an influencer, I'm like, that's one thing I want to influence people to do more is to read more. It's like, yes, it can be really boring to sit at home but this is the time to to read books and to and to gain insight and to grow in wisdom in a way that you may not necessarily be able to when you're traveling and moving around so much that's just a different kind of learning it's not one's not better than the other um but yeah that's really leaning into that a lot right now Mm. well morgan at the end of each interview i ask two fun questions so i want to ask you you mentioned books is there a specific book that you would recommend to the listeners to read that you've read recently i can you know what i'm gonna go with a book it's actually several books that are right in front of me right now and okay yeah it is super nerdy and specific but i love it i'm excited um so it's a series of thesaurus for fiction writers <laughs> stay with oh, me here. okay <laughs> it sounds so random and here's the thing it's it's, it's um two authors angela ackerman and becca um, Publisi. i think that's how you say her last name and what it is a guide to different places or different um or different settings so right right here i have the the rule setting thesaurus and if you open it up, like they have descriptions for all of the senses for every single thing. And if they have wow. one for the hiking trail and it's, and they have a section for smells, dirt, rain, decaying wood and leaves, wildflowers, sweat, insect wow. repellent, wet stones. And they have like wow. a long list of sites and it just like really just shows the richness of life and how many little things that we may not notice and I got it for writing inspiration but yeah in this in some ways like it's kind of like a nature devotional for me in that way it's just like I love that it's like oh yeah like there is there is a certain way that 
you know, um, that the sun warms your face and a breeze brushes your hair through your hair and onto your skin. I'm like, there's just all of this beautiful mm. <laughs> description. So especially for the, for the writers out there, I would say, um, look up the, the writers, the, um, the, what is the series called? I guess it's called. Well, if you just Google the rule, the rule setting, setting the okay. stories. I'll link that in the show notes. <laughs> they, also have, they also have one for emotions that goes through. All oh my gosh. And wow. Different things that you'll, um, like how, how the body might react to certain emotions. And That's really awesome for actors, actually. Oh, really? I didn't even think about that. Yeah. You, yeah. you might really like it. It has like, like a whole section on like doubts and how people might stand when they're in doubts um, what internal sensations they may have or signs that this emotion is being suppressed, um, like mm-hmm. lying or misleading others or offering to handle the problem. It's so fascinating. Wow. Like, that is fascinating. so to it. I'm not even writing fiction right now. And I just like, I love mm-hmm. it. I love it. So I love that. I highly recommend <laughs> yes, yes. Books, books, books. My mom laughs at me because I get an Amazon package like every week in the mail. She's like, is it another book? And I'm like, eh, maybe. Yes, I love it. I love <laughs> it's it. It's like, what else are we spending our money on right now? I books know. Groceries, you know? <laughs> that is great. Um, okay. And then another question, was there a poet that first inspired you, like someone specific? Yes. Um, I would say the first, it was actually two because I feel like they, they kind of found me around the same time. But the first Mm. time that I ever, the first time I ever read a poem and I was like, I think I want to read a lot more poetry. I don't know why, but I, I really want to read more. And that was um, T.S. Eliot's um, poem Proofrock for the love of Alfred J. Proofrock. And it's a, you, like a lot of people probably read it in high school. Like it's like a classic poem, but for some reason that poem really, it just, it just really caught my attention because it was like the first time where I read something and he was talking about like women talking about Michelangelo and he was talking about like Lazarus rising up from the dead and he was talking about mermaids and it somehow all made sense. And I was like, whoa, what is this? I love it. I don't know, but I want more of that. I want more of that in my life. So um, yeah, that was the first time I had that experience. And then the first poet that made me feel like, okay, I can be a poet. I think, I think that's something that I at least want to try to do. That was Maya Angelou. And Mm. just, I mean, I I can't even, I I think it may have been our poem Still I Rise. That may have been the first one I ever read, but that's just, you know, seeing her as, as a black woman um, from the South. And I'm like, okay, we have that in common. And then just even, even just her story and, and I mean, she was a, she was a streetcar operator in San Francisco at one point. Like <laughs> it wasn't just yeah. like there's a linear path of like, and then one day mm-hmm. I woke up and became a poet. Like she went through really, really traumatic things and her poems really speak to the depths of, you know, I think the human experience and, and yeah, I, I love, love her poems. And yeah. Mm-hmm. So I would say those two. That's beautiful. Well, Morgan, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. It was such a joy. And 
I know I gained a lot of wisdom from this time. So it makes me, I'm going to go buy that thesaurus. Um, is what I'm yes, do. yes. I'm excited. I, I'm excited for you to check it out too. You have to let me know what your favorite <laughs> entries are. <laughs> okay, I will. Thank you so much, Morgan. Oh, yes, of course. It's really so fun to talk it. to you. <laughs> Likewise, I really enjoyed it. Morgan truly gave us a gift today with the words she shared about what she is learning as an artist and a follower of Christ about Jesus as the source of all wisdom. I admire Morgan's obedience to using her gifts as a creative to glorify God and to walk in the way of Jesus, our Lord and Savior. At the end of every episode, I open the Word of God and encourage you to read along with me as I dig into and break apart a passage of Scripture Gosh, I love the Bible because I know that as Hebrews 4.12 says, the Word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and of marrow, in discerning the thoughts and the intentions of the heart. There is nothing more powerful, more valuable, and more necessary for gaining wisdom than opening up the Word of God and getting to know our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ through the Scriptures. There's no other way to wisdom than Jesus himself. Today, I thought it was only fitting to bring some scriptures to light that teach us about the ways of wisdom in the kingdom of God. In the world and in the moment in time we find ourselves in, wisdom seems hard to find. But as followers of Christ, we know that scripture tells us that God is the true source of all wisdom. And we know that through the power of the Holy Spirit, the Lord gives wisdom to all who ask. The first scripture I want to share is found in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 24. Paul tells us that, To those called by God to salvation, both Jews and Gentiles, Christ is the power of God and the wisdom of God. We learn from this that Jesus himself is the wisdom of God. And as followers of Jesus, this wisdom is available to us. James 1.5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God, who gives generously to all without finding fault, and it will be given to you. We learn from the scriptures that it is through the power of the Holy Spirit that we are given wisdom and understanding from God. Paul writes in Colossians chapter 1, verse 9, For this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continually ask God to fill you with the knowledge of His will through all the wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives. The Holy Spirit living inside of us gives us wisdom. And we also learn the reasons why we are to seek the wisdom of Jesus. In Colossians chapter 1, verse 10, he goes on to say, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please Him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might so that you may have great endurance and patience in giving joyful thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of His holy people in the kingdom of light. That is powerful. This passage shows us that we seek wisdom so that we will bear good fruit in every good work, so that we may live lives worthy of the Lord, pleasing Him in all righteousness given to us by God, so that we are strengthened by His power and glorious might, so that we may have great endurance and patience. Gosh, do we need it right now, you guys, 
and so that we will give joyful thanks to the Father, praise to God. Ephesians 1 verses 17 through 19 says, I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Know God better. And he goes on to say, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Through this passage, we learn that we seek wisdom so that we may know the Lord better, that we may know the hope that the Lord has called us to, the glorious inheritance that is to come for the one who follows Jesus, and the incomparable power at work inside of us. So how do we go about gaining the wisdom of Jesus? We learn in the scriptures that wisdom begins with the fear of the Lord. Proverbs 9.10 tells us, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. Psalm 111.10 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow His precepts have good understanding. To Him belongs eternal praise. We fear the Lord by reading His Word, surrendering our lives to Him, sitting in stillness in prayer with Him. This leads us to desire His glory over anything else, to desire obedience to His Word. The more we know Jesus, the more we praise Him for all He is and the victory we have in Him. Because Jesus is true wisdom, when we seek Jesus, we find wisdom. One place to start is observing the life of Jesus. Open the scriptures to the Gospels. Start in the book of Matthew and begin reading about the life and ministry of Jesus. Drink in his ways. Sit in awe of his goodness, his love, his mercy, his forgiveness, his kindness. Sit in awe of who he is. This is the fear of the Lord. His ways are foolish to the perishing world around us. They were foolish to the people of his day, and they are foolish to the world around us today. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 1, 18-21, For the message of the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, the intelligent of the intelligent I will frustrate. Where is the wise person? Where is the teacher of the law? Where is the philosopher of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God the world through its wisdom did not know him, God was pleased through the foolishness of what was preached to save those who believe. Jesus was pleased to save us who believe in him and to offer us the gift of true wisdom, himself. As we look to Jesus and begin to learn the true way of wisdom, we as followers of Christ are to imitate Christ in the way we live our lives. As we walk in the ways of Jesus, we produce good fruit and we bring light to the world. The fruit of wisdom is the life of Jesus on display through our very lives. James 3, 13 through 18 says of the fruit of wisdom, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let them show it by their good life, by deeds done in humility that comes from wisdom. But if you harbor bitter envy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast about it or deny the truth. 
Such wisdom does not come from heaven. It is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where you have envy and selfish ambition, there you find disorder and every evil practice. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is first of all pure, then peace-loving, considerate, submissive, full of mercy and good fruit, impartial and sincere, peacemakers who sow in peace reap a harvest of righteousness. And you can guarantee that as you pursue Jesus, as you fear him, as you keep your eyes and your heart focused on the one who was sent from above to save us from darkness, to rescue us from this sinful world, the one who is truly wisdom, you can count yourself blessed because you have found what no one else can take away from you and what nothing else in this world can give you. Proverbs 3, 13 through 18 says, Blessed is the one who finds wisdom and the one who gets understanding. For the gain from her is better than gain from silver and her profit better than gold. She is more precious than jewels and nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her right hand and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who lay a hold of her. Those who hold her fast are called blessed. Praise God for Jesus, for the spirit and for the gift of being able to ask and receive wisdom from above. As always, I'm gonna end in prayer. Father, thank you that your son Jesus is wisdom and that you give us the power of the Holy Spirit. What a gift to be able to ask for wisdom from you and that you promise us that you will give it to us in abundance. Help us to be followers of Jesus that look to his life, who take in his wisdom, and who cling to the eternal hope that is to come. Father, help us to live out the wisdom of Jesus, producing good fruit in our lives. I pray for the listener that today they would ask you for wisdom and that they would believe that they have received it from the Lord. Thank you, God, that nothing here on this earth is comparable to the wisdom of Jesus. We love you in the name of wisdom, Jesus himself. Amen. Friend, thank you for listening. If you loved this episode and found encouragement today, would you consider sharing it with a friend in your life who you think needs to hear it today? Word of mouth is powerful, and I am praying that this episode reaches ears and hearts everywhere, and that people may come to know and love our Savior, Jesus. If you haven't already, be sure and subscribe to the podcast. And if you're loving it, can you leave a rating and a short review? This helps me share the show with people and get the word out about what God is doing here on Living in the Light. Thank you so much for listening and for supporting the podcast. I truly love creating it. I love sharing it with you. I love learning with you. And I love seeing God on the move in your lives and in the lives and stories of artists everywhere. Until next time, go in light and love, friend.